Love, love me do. <laughs> I can't even finish it. Oh, I love you. Hello, <laughs> is be true? I couldn't even get through that. I'm not doing the high note. Though. Okay. <laughs> it's not even the high note. But for me. <laughs> it's not even that. <laughs> well, everyone, this is making a podcast. My name's Evan, and I'm Katie. Hey, Katie, how are you? What's up? It's been it's been a minute. I'm very good. It has been a minute. Yeah. Sickness bests fallen upon us i don't know what i'm trying to say both of us yeah we both got sick last week yeah <laughs> and usually when me and Evan can't make a record we'll go oh what other day suit and we both just went no, no <laughs> not this week. but that's okay we just weren't well and that's mm. fine um it happens but i'm kind of back in full health how are you uh i'm not fully back but i'm on the other side of it now um okay. i'm just exhausted and i'm run down i have a lot to do <laughs> i have a wedding this weekend <laughs> oh fuck yeah yeah oh. i forgot about that i was actually only thinking like, i think it was last week and i was like when's that wedding just because <laughs> the last time we hung out you were like oh go ahead and i was like oh yeah that's so soon and then i forgot when it actually was but wow no wait what day is it saturday this week yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I thought you meant that next Saturday. I was like, you can't be very hungover for it that way. No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is not a good mix. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just a, a bit run down at the minute, I think. Yeah, no, no. That happens. It happens. I'm just exhausted. It's just the winter slog, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's like <clears throat> everyone gets sick at a certain time of year because like all the germs are just German. And then but then we're all just in a little bit of a funk until it starts getting bright again. Yeah. <laughs> I love that for us. I'll wait till it kicks in. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, like, because not to talk about the weather or anything, but I always end up doing... Anyway, um... It's gone very cold. Yeah. Like, like very cold. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, like, I have my electric blanket and the plug-in radiator on. Okay, I'm not that bad. I did just do 10 straight minutes of cardio, so um, that's probably why I'm roasting. But my heating has been on all day because I was working from home and my mom was also had a day off. And she was like, are you cold? And I was like, yes. She was (laughs) I kept putting the heating on and she, typical Irish man she was like are you cold and I was like yeah ma I'm freezing and I was sitting there with two jumpers and socks and everything all the things they tell you to put on before you put the heating on I had it all on I was like I'm <laughs> cold let me put it on please yeah I don't know we're just we're heading into December now which I'm just like Ugh. I know this week is December Next week, December, sorry. Um, but, like, it's going to come very fast. I know. And I'm so behind on everything. You're not. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. Yeah. If anyone well, can do it, it's you. Yeah. I'll, I'll pull through somehow. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. So, anyway, let's, unless, if there's nothing else to talk about, let's move on to a bit of pop news. Do-do, 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 do-do. 
So um, we talked about him possibly playing Stitch in a live action reboot of Lilo and Stitch. However, that's not going to happen. However, he's currently in the movie Saltburn, which is getting rave reviews. But uh, another film franchise that Jacob Lordy is known for is, you guessed it, the Kissing Booth movies. Oh. He, spoke... <laughs> he spoke to Variety to promote Saltburn and talked about the Kissing Booth movies. He said, I didn't want to make those movies before I, uh, I didn't want to make those movies before I made those movies. Those movies are ridiculous. They're not universal. They're an escape. Someone who had a, a, quite a bit to say about this is Taylor Zakaria Perez, who was Jacob Elordi's, uh co-star on The Kissing Booth. You also might know him from Red, White and Royal Blue. He spoke about uh, Jacob Elordi's criticism of the franchise, saying, I thought it was a shame because, to my knowledge, everybody else had a wonderful experience. It's a shame that the, that that was his experience on set, especially when those movies came out. It was a time when we really needed something like that. I know from our fan interactions, getting stopped everywhere I go, what Kissing Booth means to people, and what it brought them during such a dark time. Like... Your face. No, <laughs> I don't disagree with the, like, like brought them through a dark time and all, but, like, the sentence of what those movies mean to people, I'm, so, I'm really sorry, like... <laughs> I just believe I just I'm like if that mean like means something to you like actually like you felt a message from it it's not it it's not that you should do <laughs> it's not the movie <laughs> you're shaming people for enjoying the kids no 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 not enjoying like for like attaching to it I'm like maybe it'd be like you being like yeah, like after means so much to me. <laughs> but like, but truly means like. Oh God, know? yeah. Like not not just like oh, because I really like those movies. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm yep. like oh they're stupid. They're not. They're mm. chewing them for the brain. Yeah. So if that if you were finding deep meaning in that, first of all, fair play to. Um, but he's allowed to regret to do movies. Yeah, I mean he had a tumultuous relationship with his co-star and they broke up and is that the movie where he was shirtless going through a mall and he talked about that on Ellen? Um, Might be. When was he on Ellen? Yeah, uh, he was on Ellen and he um he talked about like being uncomfortable doing shirtless scenes like just always having his shirt off and he just said it wouldn't make sense. I think he might have been talking about the kissing booth. Yeah, I think it might have been as well actually. I didn't know that he was with the, his co Joey King, well, she's married now, but yeah, yeah, actually, she is married. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> can't wait for the kissing booth special. Oh my god, I'd actually do that. There's three of them, by the way. Did you know yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen. Have I seen them? I don't know if I've seen the third one. I've seen. Two. I haven't. I haven't seen the third one. I've seen one and two. <laughs> there's a there's a film franchise we can go. I'm actually down for that. That would be. <laughs> I'm really really down for that. So yeah, I mean, the Kissing Booth is a rom com. Something else that is a rom com is the upcoming movie Anyone But You, starring Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. So. You may, you may have uh, remembered the rumours back in January surrounding the alleged affair between Glenn Pell and Sydney Sweeney. However, Glenn Pell uh, has spoken to Men's Health magazine about the romance rumours, uh, saying, when all that stuff happened, you know, publicly, it felt disorientating and unfair. 
But what I'm realizing is that it's just part of this gig now. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Like if you have a hot young co-star and like you're in any way nice, they're gonna run that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, like it's true. Yeah. And vice and vice versa. Like if like he's you know a hot young male or whatever like it just if somebody's attractive and somebody else that they would find attractive is nice mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. that it, it's just run with and it's ridiculous but i hope him and his wife don't get divorced he's not married i thought he was married no him and his girlfriend broke up after they filmed the movie and then she apparently unfollowed sydney sweeney after this well, oh yeah, he's engaged to like some like CEO guy who's like 20 years older than her. Really? Yeah, it's odd. <laughs> I didn't know that bit. Yeah, she's in, yeah, he's he's a lot he's a good bit older than her. Ew. I think he I don't know what kind of business he owns, but um yeah. Bit odd. Bit odd. That is You're looking at a picture of them, are you? I'm trying. Yeah. I'm googling. I'd love to do this downstairs, but my mom would just um get in the way too much. Not mm. in a bad way, just she's yeah. very um oh wow. Yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Jonathan Divino. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, he's oh. he's a good bit older than her. Wow. Oh, technology technology and packing company. Yes, okay, and it was a business. I thought it was a pizzeria for some reason. Pizzeria? <laughs> like some pizza chain. <laughs> now that I could overlook the age. That, that you can allow. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what, Sydney, you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another picture of him. Ah, yeah. uh, no, you know, he's no, it's not too bad. He's a good bit older than her, though. No, he, no, he is, but the first picture I seen, he actually looked like her dad, uh, yeah, <laughs> granddad. I was like, Ooh. oh, Jesus, that's her, that's hateful. What <laughs> that's really that's a bit hateful. <laughs> no, he just looked like no, you can be a young granddad, like you can be a granddad in your 50s. He's probably about 45 anyway. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like she's twenty six. Oh my god, yeah. She's my age. No, she's not gonna be a roller. <laughs> Thirteen years age difference. Mm. Mm. Do you know by the time they resume filming on Euphoria, the most of the cast will be in their thirties? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Gross. Um, not gross. It's okay to age. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It's okay to age. Just a bit weird. A bit weird. But uh, let's move on. So, um, Queer Eye, uh, the famous Netflix show, um, is, you know, has been renowned for creating positivity and you know, amazing things in the queer community. However, it looks like someone is. Uh, one of the cast members is leaving. Uh, otherwise known as Bobby Burke, according to US Weekly. 
uh, Bobby Burke wasn't vibing with the cast. He says there are many challenges with scheduling and there was lots, uh, lots of interest in Bobby filming the show. The network and the cast thought it was time to bring, it, bring in fresh blood. His heart was not in it and the rest of the cast started to resent him because of that. Oh, I didn't read into it. I just saw the articles and was like, oh no, that's really sad. Um, but I didn't think there was any beef. Like, I don't know if there's beef. I mean, well, like they started to resent them. Well, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if we're going off this article, that's a bit beef. What did he do in Queer Eye? He was the only one that actually does something. <laughs> he done the house. Tweets. It's like he built houses. I was like, what? He done the houses. <laughs> like built houses. No, but like, like as in on Queer Eye, like he'd like go a room and like re redecorate it and stuff. But like, yeah. he's a designer, like he's a very ah. designer. Yeah. But like he, like because me and Kevin used to watch Queer Eye together all the time, and Kevin was like, he is the only one that proper puts craft in, like you know, like Anthony <laughs> slags and he's like Anthony will like teach them how to make like a tomato salad and grandma will talk to them and you know jonathan will cut their hair and give them a makeover and bobby's like in the background sweating like moving <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and i was like do you know what you're dead right <laughs> like no like they all serve a purpose on the you show. haven't done that yeah but like can't <laughs> Bobby was Kevin's favorite because ah. <laughs> he was like he just does so much like look at the differences and like look how because he does an amazing job on the show and obviously they have an unreal budget that allows him to do that yeah but uh yeah so I actually don't know if Kevin knows that I'm gonna I'm going over later I'll record his reaction to see what <laughs> it's good authenticity <laughs> I cannot wait for that <laughs> So, final headline. Uh, I don't know if you might be able to tell us a bit more about this, but Colleen Ballinger has come back on the scene. She has decided to apologize for her apology. So, uh, she spoke on her ukulele apology song, saying, The last video that I posted is really embarrassing, to say the least. I was being accused of something pretty awful and was mad. I should have handled the situation with maturity and empathy. Yeah. So, I didn't watch the full video. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to give her the views. Mm. But I did watch Adam's video on it last night. Adam being the Irish guy that's involved in all of this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Adam McIntyre. And so I was giving him the views, you know, rather than her. But I really was interested and I was glad that he could. <laughs> well, he obviously didn't play the full video. Like, for obvious reasons. And also because it's like 18 minutes long. But basically, yeah, she done a two minute apology. And then proceeded to upload like an 18 minute vlog. And at the end of the apology, she said, oh, I don't know how to transition from this apology into a vlog. And the comments were like, because you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, she's a really smart woman. So. You have a six month period on YouTube from when you can like if you're inactive for six months, your channel will get demonetized. Yeah. So she's come back very near the end of that six month window. Mm-hmm. It's about four and a half, five months. And also from this week onwards, that's when AdSense makes the most money. 
right. from people advertising for Christmas and Black Friday and stuff. So basically, she's uploaded this video with enough time to keep her YouTube channel monetized and with enough time to gain good AdSense. Yeah. So it, basically, it was just all calculated to make sure she doesn't stop making money off of YouTube. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't. I and like, I want to watch the rest of the vlog for like curiosity. Yeah, but I really don't want to give her the views. Yeah, I know. And like, and then I'm like, oh, but like my one view. But then I'm like, yeah, but it's one view too many. Yeah. So I'm really because we all know I really up until everything happened like I was I think I probably watched a Colleen video the day everything came out yeah like I was a fan and like I hate to say it but I was yeah so I'm very conflicted and I'm very sad but like I'm actually just gonna look up now to see what what the views on the new one is Mm. oh for fuck's sake um sorry, I was just she has nine hundred and sixty three thousand views on it. Okay. I'm just really like fuck. it's because everyone's like hate watching it. Uh, well, yeah, that it's, is gonna happen. Stop giving her views. Also so I something else popped up and I don't know if we should cover it on pop news, but Trisha's pregnant again. <laughs> 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 Live update. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got really like Ugh. Didn't you just have a baby? <laughs> no, like a year ago. Like it is very soon. Yeah. And the the title is Trisha is pregnant with baby Elvis. That's the title of the video. Ah, I'm delighted for her. Yeah, good on her. <laughs> good on her. Well done, Trish. <laughs> I'm glad to bring the segue back to Trish because, look, she may be controversial, but she's not a groomer. <laughs> and she's pregnant with baby Elvis. So I'm like, she is the messiah. Trisha paid us good start a cult. Yeah, no, she good. Good <laughs> boy, <laughs> just started a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy for Trisha and Moses. Okay, brilliant, wonderful. <laughs> that was the news I needed at the end of that segment. Right, okay. Well, since we're at the end of the segment, do you want to introduce this week's topic? Yes, I do indeed. Um my phone never unlocks by face when I'm going to announce these. I swear to God. So do you want to know a secret this episode will hold no misery and by the end we hope you want to twist and show ask me why i'm not sure but it seems like if you were then you'd be having a good time this week ladies and gentle people we will be talking about none other than please please me the beatles debut album so evan what is your history with please please me uh don't know if i have much history with the album specifically I know, like, a lot of the songs, like, um, the big ones, I guess, are standing there. Love Me Do. Like, uh, yeah, a lot of the big songs that came from this. And obviously, I know I'm a big fan of the Beatles. 
Um, so a lot of these songs would have been on my radar. However, I wouldn't have known them in the context of the album. So the first time listening to it fully would have been for this. But mm-hmm. I was always aware, like, the album cover is very famous. Yes. And it's used in, like, I think it's used recent, for the recent compilation album they brought out recently. Oh, was it? Yeah. It's the same cover. Oh. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my history of Please Please Me. What's your history with Please Please Me? Mine is very similar to you, as in I knew a lot of the songs on the radar. Uh, like, a lot of the songs were on my radar. Mm-hmm. But when I actually looked at the album list, I was yeah. like, oh, these were on this album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, And then, yeah, first time fully listening it through, like, the, the Please Please Me album only was in preparation for this. That's my history. Right, so we're going to get into a track-by-track analysis of the Beatles' debut album, Please Please Me. Are you ready? I'm ready. So first song is I Saw Her Standing There, written by Paul McCartney and John Lennon, originally titled 17. The song was conceived by McCartney when driving home from from a Beatles concert in Southport, Merseyside. Uh, A modern take on a traditional song, as I rolled out, a version of 17 Come Sunday that he heard in Liverpool in 1960. This song reached number 14 in the US, was later covered by Tiffany. Uh, Number two is Misery, written by Paul McCartney and John Lennon. At the time, uh, Paul McCartney said, we've called it Misery, but it isn't as slow as it sounds. It moves along at at quite a pace, and we think Helen will make a pretty good job of it. Would later uh, be covered by artists such as Kenny Lynch, The Flamin', Groovies, Eva Braun, and Gemini Fogg. Number three is Anna, Go To Him, written by Arthur Alexander, a cover song by The Beatles. Uh, Alexander based uh, the song's lyrics on early days of his relationship with his girlfriend and late and later wife, Anne and her now formerly, and how Anne and sorry Anne and how her former boyfriend who hailed from a very wealthy family attempted to win her back. Number four is Chains, written by Jerry Goffin and Carol King. The song was another cover of the Cookies song, and um, they recorded it on February eleventh, nineteen sixty three, in four takes. The, the first proving to be the best, Lennon played the introduction on harmonica. Uh, number five is Boys, written by Luther Dixon and Wes Farrell, a cover of a song by the Shirelles. The Beatles did not concern themselves about the possible homosexual undertones that go with the singing a song about boys, although they altered the gender pronouns uh, employed on the Shirelles version. A live version of the song was included on the Beatles live album, The Beatles at the Hollywood Ball, released in 1977 and later re-released in 2016. On February 9th, 2014, Ringo performed Boys as part of the finale of the CBS 50th anniversary special of the Beatles' first Ed Sullivan show appearance On February uh, that occurred in February 1964 uh, and later performed it again with the help of Green Day for his Rock and Roll, fa- fame, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Number six is Ask Me Why, written by John Lennon. So written in early 1962, Ask Me Why is principally a John Lennon composition, but was credited to Lennon and Paul McCartney, as well as all other Lennon-McCartney originals on the first pressings of Please Please Me. McCartney said it was John's original idea and we've all sat down and wrote it together. It just did a job on it. It's mostly John's. It was part of their live act prior to their recording contract and was one of the songs performed at their first Parlophone recording session in Abbey Road Studio in 1962. The song emulates the style of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles by whom Lennon was influenced and draws its opening guitar phrase from Miracles' What's So Good About Goodbye. 
Uh, number seven is Please Please Me, the title track, written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, the second single from the album. Uh, Lennon first conceived Please Please Me as a bluesy, slow-tempo song. He recalled it saying, I remember the day I wrote it, I heard Roy Orbison doing Only the Lonely or something, and I was always uh, intrigued by the words to a Bing Crosby song that went, Please lend a little ear to my please. Uh, the the double use of the word please, so it was a combination of Roy Obson and Big Bing Crosby. Number eight is Love Me Do, written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney. The song was written several years before being recorded and prior to the existence of the Beatles. It features John Lennon's prominent harmonica playing and duet vocals by him and Paul McCartney. Number nine is P.S. I Love You written by Paul McCartney. So John Lennon stated that Paul wanted to write his own version, something similar to the Sorrell Soldier Boy. 10 is Baby It's You, written by Burt Bacharach, Luther Dixon, and Mac David, a cover of a Sorrell song. The Beatles performed Baby It's You as part of their stage act from 1961 until 1963 and recorded it on February 11th, 1963. A live version was released on Live at the BBC in 1994. Here Lennon does not uh, repeat part of the second verse after the solo. Uh, reached number seven in the UK. Number eleven is "Do What You Want." Uh, Do you want to know a secret? Written by George Harrison, allegedly took inspiration from the song "I'm Wishing" from Snow White. Number twelve is "A Taste of Honey," written by Bobby Scott and Rick Marlow. The Beatles performed Lenny Welch's adaption as part of their repertoire in 1962, slightly changing the lyrics in the chorus. Number thirteen is "There's a Place," written by John Lennon. The song's lyrics are written in a form of a first-person narrative. The singer declares his self-sufficiency, being able to transcend loneliness by retreating into his mind. The final song on the album is Twist and Shout, written by Burt Burns and Phil Medley. The Beatles' version of Twist and Shout has been called the most famous single uh, to single take in rock history. Mark Lewison called it arguably the most stunning rock and roll vocal and instrumental performance of all time, and it featured in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So that was a track-by-track analysis of Please Please Me. So please, please, let's get into a discussion. Let's do it. Um, they love a harmonica on this album. Oh, they do? <laughs> love a harmonica. I, I like a harmonica, to be honest. I think it's very impressive to be able to play a harmonica well, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's just a very nice, like... I felt like I was in the middle of like Greece or something, like not the country, the movie. Watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It's really cute. It's a really nice album. It's really easy to listen to. Yeah. It's really short. Mm. It's like 32 minutes long for the full album, I think. Yeah. My type of thing. Short and <laughs> No eight minute songs, please. <laughs> like I think the longest song on it is like like three three fifty or something like that. Um I can't be too sure, but like there was definitely nothing over like four and a half minutes, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, but like what do you what how do you feel about it? I just thought it was like it's not their best work, but obviously it's their it's their first album. Yeah, <laughs> and most of its covers, which I was shocked to find out. It's like when I found out Westlife's a cover band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still heartbroken. I know. 
Um, but yeah, now I know a lot of them are covers because I was Googling. I was like, most of them. I was like, did the Beatles write Stand Show? And I knew they didn't. Like, what I was like, did and Google was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Twist, their version of Twist and Shout, though, amazing. It is. It, yeah. It's the version, in my personal opinion. Yeah. It's the version you hear everywhere, and it's the version that your ma plays, and it's the version that, you know, your nanny plays. It's, it's yeah. Mm. Um, I also love Love Me Do. That was the one of the songs I was like, that was on this album? Yeah, because I whenever I think I hear that song, I thought you know the number one compilation. Yeah. Yeah, like you know the yeah. I always think of that one. I think that's the first song in the number one compilation, so I think that's why right. I think of it. Yeah, no, it's very good. And then there was other songs I was listening, to and I was like, oh, I like I forgot these were Beatles songs. Yeah. Or like, or like they don't covers of them. I'm like, oh, I forgot like this was a thing, and then I'm like transported to being like. This is definitely in a movie. Like, it's all most of the songs. I was like, this I've heard this in some other medium before. Like, yeah. But um, I just find the Beatles a very like comfort band for me, anyway. Yeah, like, cause I don't want to say nostalgic because like <laughs> they're not nostalgic, but yeah. in the sense of like. When I force like they're nostalgic to when I got into the Beatles fully. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just really nice to listen to this. Like, I can definitely see myself like listening to this when I just need something to put on and and I don't really know what I want to listen to. Like, I feel like this is definitely an album you could just stick on and not think about it and not, you know, not necessarily not sing along to it, but like, do you know when you just want something to put on and you don't want to really sing and you don't want to really like feel anything you just want to lie there <laughs> yeah like you don't want to be like sad you don't want to feel like over the moon happy you don't want to feel empowered you just want to feel chill it's chill yeah like because I mean I, the songs could speak to you and you could get happy and you could get sad but for me they just zen me out Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, really like them. <laughs> uh, What's your favorite song from the album? Okay. Um, well, I love Baby It's You because I recognize it, the Shirelles version. Okay. But yeah, but their version is actually very good as well. But I also love, um, I saw her standing there. I think that's such a banger tune. Yeah, now I love that one as well. <coughs> it's not my favorite though. Yeah. Um, I think uh, my favorite. Like I'm gonna have to be real. Like, ooh, I think it's "Love Me Do." That is a tune. I love it. I really like that song. I just, it just makes me like, you know, cheer up a bit. <laughs> like, oh. It's basically like, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, now it is like you can you can hear how young they sound in it as well, though. Yeah. And like ready for their career. I don't think they realized what would happen, but 
I'm yeah. just looking, I'm just looking at the cover album. Yeah, it looks like where is that? It looks like an just looks like an office block. Yeah, to me it looks like a prison, but it could be an office <laughs> block. I just thought it was a prison. Uh, I'm gonna look at the album cover location. Okay, the iconic cover was taken at the headquarters of EMI Limited at 20 Manchester Square in London's West End in early 1963. So it is an office. Oh, fair. It just gives me prison vibes. <laughs> <laughs> But like 1963, like my mom's two years older than this album. No, my mom came out this came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was born on this year. My mom was released this year. <laughs> I'm gonna say saying that now whenever I talk about when I was born. People be like from prison. <laughs> Released and come out. I was released in 1996. <laughs> released from where the only place I've ever been happy. <laughs> the last oh. time I got a peaceful night's sleep. Literally. Oh. I just had to give myself a face massage there. Mm. Oh. Working on screens like all day really messes you up. I thought you said something about workmen's. I was like, what? No, just like looking at screens all day. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say in this album? I don't know. It's really, really hard to kind of have a discussion because it's so... I don't want to say it's like nothing really, but it's not, it's not the most intricate thing to talk about. Yeah, it's kind of bland. It is kind of bland. Like there's not much... Like most of its covers... You can't really, there's not much much of a message. Not that there needs to be, but like. No, but I feel like this really laid down the foundations for the Beatles. Like this album, I know it's a Beatles album, and I, but it is mostly covers. But it's very, very the Beatles coded. It is them, yeah. Like as in, it's not, they, they didn't change. They didn't like start it with the Stabie album and then come out with something completely different after. Mm. They really like, we're like, no, guys, this is our thing. This is our sound. This is our formula. This is how we're going to do it. And they did. And obviously, the albums just got better. <laughs> Any career, you'll just get better over time. Mm. So um, it's just, it's yeah, it's a very, very, very good Foundations album. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I mean, I, got, I don't know if there's much to say about it, really. But it's just... It's fine. Did you not like it? Cause it no, like... I did like it. I'm just like, okay, it wasn't... It's not an Abbey Road, you know? Yeah, obviously. But that's like... That's the pinnacle. That's of iconic. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a masterpiece. This like... is This is art, but it's fun, you know? It is. It is. It's fun art. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just, it's a very good, like, beginner's album. Oh, yeah, it is. Like, when I'm saying beginners, I mean, like, them as beginners in their career. Yeah, no, I mean, you can hear them all over it, basically, so, yeah. Yeah, there's a, it's a great debut. It is a good debut. It is a very good debut. And we obviously know that the career they went on to have so yeah 
the Beatles went on to do dubstep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> Are they all still alive? Did you just ask, are all the Beatles still alive? No, one of them's dead. Well, thank you. Good. Is it John? John Lennon. Yes. John and George are dead. Oh, yeah. George is dead, too. So then it's just John and... Not John. Paul and Ringo. Yeah. I'm surprised Ringo's not dead. That's awful, but true. That's horrible. (laughs) I'm just saying, like... At least what I said. <laughs> what? At least what I said. <laughs> Have you seen Ringo Starr lately? He's 83. <laughs> I haven't seen him lately, no. Ringo Starr doesn't... Did they have a documentary? Did... I don't know. They have one on... Uh, I, think, I think it's just a concert thing. Yeah, they don't have like a documentary documentary. Yeah, I was on Disney Plus. I was like, I thought they had one. Then I was like, no, it's just a concert. Or no, it's just performances that are like clipped together or something. I don't know. Paul looks a bit rough as well now. Okay, well, I have seen him recently. He looks a bit rough now. (laughs) God bless him. Oh, God, God bless him. Well, I don't know if I have any more to say to you. No, I don't have any more else to say. It's it's just a it's a good fun simple time. That's all I'll say. It is. A, it's a good simple time. Yeah, and I truly agree with that. Right. So, uh, next up, we're gonna talk about the success of Please Please Me. Mm-hmm. So it reached number one in the UK. So what a debut! It's been certified platinum. So Please Please Me remains critically acclaimed. Voted at 39th on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time in 2012. And number 622 in the third edition of Colin Lark's all-time uh, top 1,000 albums in 2000. So good. Done well. It done very well. And they did well from it. Are we surprised they were the biggest band? Probably are still the biggest band. Everyone I wonder knows. what it was like to... You know, for it to be a part of that. I'd say it was crazy. I actually was thinking, though, I don't know if I would have been a Beatles girl if I was, like, a teenager in the 60s. But then I feel like everyone was. It's like a One Direction thing. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. (laughs) Oh, my God. I wasn't a huge One Direction girl. I was, like, a semi-directioner. Okay, well, I think you might have your answer there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Right, well, uh, we're going to do a school in session for Katie, all about please, please me. So let's please, please do a pop quiz. <laughs> I need to sprinkle these in. I should have sprinkled these in way more. Uh, yeah, you should have. <laughs> I know. I didn't think. I think I'm just that tired. <laughs> 10 questions all about please please me Katie will you please please answer these questions correctly <laughs> please please ask me the question <laughs> okay let's go so question one what is the opening song on the album she's standing there <laughs> yeah 
I saw her standing there, but yeah, I'll give it to you. Oh, sorry, yeah, I saw her standing there. Question two, this is multiple choice, and these can be multiple choice if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, question two, which song shares the same name as a Stephen King novel? Is it Misery, Love Me Do, Boys, or Chains? Misery? It is Misery. Wow, that was a full guess. <laughs> Question three, how many songs are covers are cover songs of the Shirelles? Three. Two. Two. Damn it. Question four. Uh which song was inspired by Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Do you say there was multiple choice for this one? Uh well there can be. Okay. I choose. Okay, is it Love Me Do? Mm. Do you want to know a secret? Mm. Anna go to him or boys? I feel like I'm wrong, but and I go to him. It's actually, do you want to know a secret? Okay, sure. Okay. Question five: Which song featured on a 1977 live album? Twist and Shoe. Uh, it's actually Boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question six: Which two members wrote the majority of the songs? John and Paul. Yeah, Shonda Paul. Um... Shonda Paul. Alongside <laughs> <laughs> the Saturdays. <laughs> I'm not to do the accent too well because it's just one. <laughs> that was lying. <laughs> what did you say? What? What did you just say? Like at this, like the first thing. Yeah, no. What did you say? Like, is it an accent? Oh, I didn't. I just didn't want to go too full in on the answer. <laughs> I absolutely butchered it and blurred some weird line. <laughs> if you do an accent well, it's not mockery. But if you do a bad, it's mockery. So. <laughs> <laughs> Read it or a Shrek video, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, literally mockery. But if that was good accent, it wouldn't have been mockery. It would have been acting. <laughs> it sounds like an exhaust pipe or something. <laughs> Sean Paul just worked his way into a episode. <laughs> I know. I don't know how we do it. I really don't know how we manage it. But we do. Question, <laughs> question seven. Which song opens with Sha-la-la-la? Um, I'm trying to think now. Damn it! You can have a look at the list if you want. Yeah, I'm have looked at the list now because I actually. That's fine. Um. It's not what I think it is. But is it? Please, please me. No, it's baby. It's you. Damn it. Also, another great song called "Baby to You." "Baby to You" by JoJo. I keep think I keep thinking of the Beyonce line, "Baby, it's you." Uh, <laughs> Every time I read it, I read some of these titles. I was like, Jesus Christ, they actually sound like other songs. They do. They sound like, like boys. Charlie X as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got mm. that. Okay. Uh, question A: Who sings the majority of the leads? 
Paul? It's no. Paul. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Is it? <laughs> Your question on which song is a girl's name? Anna. Anna, yeah. And question 10, which song featured in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Twist and Shout. It was Twist and Shout, an iconic scene as well. <laughs> uh, so next up, we are going to put Please Please Me on our pop pop scale. And we rank it out of five things. <laughs> How much we like it. <laughs> it's based in pop culture. Katie, please, please tell me, what do you give this? <laughs> I'm going to give this a four. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to give it a five, but I know I'd only be giving it a five because it's the Beatles. Mm, yeah. So yeah. I have to take it down <laughs> a point for that and just give it a four for the reasons of like, I do feel like it was a groundbreaking album for mm-hmm. them. It wasn't for the listener, but for them as a band, I feel like this definitely helped them rise in their popularity because they really gave a feel of what they were going to be like in their career mm-hmm. without anyone even knowing it obviously but like I just feel like it was a very very solid first album and it's it's just the some of the songs are just the most iconic ever and fair play to them so four for me what about you I'm gonna give it a three and a half Okay, and I'm not gonna get. Uh, I'm not gonna give it a five just because it's the Beatles. Um, exactly. yeah. Three and a half. I think it's a fine. I think it's a good debut. I think it's cute. I think it's fun. Like it's just, it's not their strongest work. Yeah, it's not their deepest work. Most of its covers, but it's actually it's it's good. Yeah, I think so too. Was it unbelievable? Did I think it was unbelievable? No, but I think it, I thought it was good. No, it's not incredible, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. So. Next up, we're going to talk about what's popping, what, uh, meaning what we're enjoying in terms of pop culture. Katie, please, please tell me what's popping with you. Um, please, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> what's popping with me? Selling Sunset. I'm ah. still watching it. I think I mentioned it in our last episode, but you know me, it takes it mm. just come back. It takes me so long to watch stuff. But yeah, Selling Sunset's popping with me. All of my new podcast, um, not my new podcast, <laughs> all of my podcasts and my new podcast, Celebrity Memoir Book Club, um, which I'm really enjoying. Um, Taskmaster, it's still on the TV, so I'm still watching it. I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched a movie called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. That's actually very good. It was quite good. Mm-hmm. It was quite good. It it gave me very like you'd be watching it in um the IFI with your school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very that it's very that vibe that you'd be going at like fourteen to the IFI to watch that with your like photography class or something. Yeah. Like, but it was really good and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think that's all that's popping with me, but. I'm sure I'll think of something while you're talking, as I always do. Yeah. So what's popping with me? Um, let's see. I started a, the series "What We Do in the Shadows" on Disney Plus. I love it, that. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, yeah, that I found. I think it's very good. Um, I'm really bad at watching TV. I've taken a break from TV lately. Um, 
probably just because I'm reading a lot more, which brings me yeah. to the book I'm reading, Bunny by Mona Awad. It's Mean Girls meets Dark Academia. It's the best way I can describe it. Wow. Um. Yeah. And I've made a promise to myself not buying any more books until my credit card bill is paid off. Evan. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not in debt. But like... I know, but come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> please, please help me. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone. I've tried. I don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being listened to. I'm like, Evan, you should probably stop buying books. And Evan's like, oh. <laughs> I, like, I know, books. you're right. It does it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, absolutely, but look what I just bought. I'm like, no. I'm in a no. toxic relationship with myself. Yeah. You're in a uh... toxic relationship with literature. <laughs> I feel so attacked. <laughs> it's not attacked. It's truth. Uh, Anne Marie, because I'm going to see her on Thursday. Oh, are you? Yeah. What concert are you going to tomorrow, by the way? Queens of Stone Age. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> and uh, apparently, Girls Aloud are making a big announcement in about two days. So. Come back tour. Come back tour. Okay, you will be there with. Sherwin, Sherwin will 100% be there. Oh yeah, that would be really fun. <laughs> That'd be really fun. We'll grab Lucas as well. Grab them all. Hey Sherwin, we're technically uh, at S Club together. By technically, I mean we hugged. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Right. So, Katie, where can the people find us? People can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Make It A Podcast. You can give us a little review on Apple Podcasts and a rating and a comment on Spotify if you so wish. And if your family and friends have any podcasts that they need, a new podcast they need to listen to, send them our way. They can find us anywhere they get their podcasts. Okay, so that was our episode on Please Please Me. And please, please join us next week for a very fun episode.